Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And yet, we can't say a word, so expect a lot of faces and trying not to give anything away. No spoilers! A non-spoiler review coming today, or reactions at least, coming today on Collider Heroes. We also have an interview with the showrunner of Netflix's She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. We are talking to Noelle Stevenson today on the show. <sighs> Are we ready? Are we? How are we doing? I need to. I feel like I need to tread carefully. There's a lot of things that I feel like I can and can't say. It's yeah. It's not playing out well. I'm like internally freaking out. Okay, You'll welcome back a to lot Collider Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Amy Dallin. This is Coy Jandro, and we are joined by our friend Wendy Lee Zaney. Yay! Happy to be back. This is episode 302, which means we are into the John Romita Jr. era of Uncanny X-Men. You've got Colossus. <laughs> He's about to fight the Juggernaut. It's getting exciting. But today, we've got to not talk about Avengers. <laughs> Yep, hmm. we put this on the run and we were like, cool, we're going to have a chance to see a press screening of this movie, which opens, of course, this weekend, Avengers Endgame, the long-awaited story capper to these 10 or 11 years of the MCU, to this unparalleled journey. Mm-hmm. First thoughts that are safe. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. First yeah. thoughts that are safe. Okay, and this will be, to the absolute best of our ability, non-spoiler, but if you are totally skipping it... Uh, we'll wave our arms Skip. when we're done with this I, part of the show. I stopped watching TV spots because I wanted to know so little, and that's very hard in my profession. So if you want to know nothing, literally stop right now. I stopped we'll reading my Twitter feeds yeah. and my Facebook feeds and my Instagram. I would I would just, like, post. Because you know how you can post without looking at other stuff? Yep. So that's kind of what I've been doing. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been... Uh, I feel like it's, like, dangerous lurking around every corner. And we're glad we did, right? <laughs> like, all of us, I'm glad I went in as unexposed as I did. I'm glad that everyone's taking it so seriously. I can non-spoiler say that the Russo's have done an incredible job. I can on non-spoiler say that it is it checked boxes I didn't know my brain needed. Yes. Uh, it is incredibly good. <laughs> yeah. The big question for this Great job. that we can sort of speak to before we eventually get around to details and things is sort of did they stick the landing? Uh, and I am mm-hmm. very happy to say that for me they did. I, I only have hyperbole, uh, and so all the hyperbole I have to speak, I will say without spoiler, that it superseded my expectations, and my heart is so full, so full, so very full, and that like it's, <laughs> it's more than you can possibly expect. I think for me is I didn't know what to expect. I saw only a couple of the trailers, watched not any of the, none of the TV spots, because I just stopped. I was like, you know what, this is end game we've come to this i want to go in with as clear of a slate as possible with like you know so let myself really ex- experience it at, at, at its fullest and i will say that i am very happy with the movie very happy with where they went mm-hmm. uh i think you need to plan your bathroom breaks appropriately because people are asking me on twitter when is the best time to go to the bathroom i can't answer that without giving away spoilers so um also hashtag don't try this at home but i made sure i stopped drinking liquids <laughs> a little liquid while fasted. before yeah i it's it's not healthy guys so like just bring you know i want to know if concessions but, are going to be impacted by all the people being like <laughs> giant coke or no giant coke I 
I think you should you take should. something just in case because I get like coughs and you know like dry throat and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I didn't want to be that one annoying person. I was like, <laughs> if you're seeing it at one a.m., stop drinking water at like noon. I stop drinking water at eight. Do not noon. stop I, uh, drinking water at noon. If you get thirsty, know that it's worth it. Again, hashtag do not try this at home. <laughs> we do not condone dehydrating yourself. You should, water is important. Essential. <laughs> very second, essential. Avengers first. Safety for, second. Uh, but no, this this is. God, there are so many great moments in there that I, I felt bad for the person in front of me because I like couldn't control myself and I yelled out loud several times. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really enjoy the most about these movies is that when you're in it, you are in it. And this movie really has you in it from beginning to end. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm glad it's selling so well because I think a full house is going to be the way to see this movie and it will be a full house for weeks to come. But see it in the biggest, it's every buzz line, but see it as big and loud as you can because it is such a ride of a film and you're going to want to experience it as many times as you can in the loudest way possible before a home release, which is also going to be great. Uh, and I also, oh, okay, how to phrase this. Hmm. In the MCU, we often talk about how every genre is represented beautifully. I feel like this one did a thing that its genre was comics. <laughs> yep. Does that make sense without giving anything away? It is, I think, the most genre comics yes. in a positive way. Yes. We usually say that comics is not a genre and yet I know what you mean. Exactly. So after yeah, you watch you, I the think movie, you know it when you see comment it. here. Yeah, when you see it, you'll, you'll get, people will get what you're, because right now I think the viewers are like, what's he talking about? It's a little vague, but I think once they see what you mean, the they comics. will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the only, and, and what, are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are definitely like you, you definitely want to see this one before you find out things. Yes. Uh, just <laughs> yes. because the ride is very much worth it because knowing the shape of things is very much worth finding out uh and those were wonderful moments of discovery um and uh that it certainly it very much delivers like i can see there is a good reason that they've spent a lot of time talking about this being a culmination uh and so you know i have friends who've been doing rewatches and things and uh they are going to be glad that they did Mm -hmm. if that that like in a in a general way uh this is like is absolutely what they promised in terms of the mcu uh and i can't wait to get into all of the details about different character storylines and different choices uh this leaves me you know very very confident and hopeful for the future of filmmaking at marvel uh and I can't wait for next week either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard right now. Uh, let's see. I, we, I, I'm not sure I want to do... Are there standouts from the people that we already prominently know are represented in this film that you would want to shout out? Or do you want to avoid doing that for spoiler reasons? I oh. would say mm-hmm. that everything that you want out of it it delivers including performances but in ways that are not what you expect exactly it, it subverts not expectation what yeah they what what they did with these not, i don't want to get too specific because i think that will ruin it for people and it's like guys it's been 22 movies like, this is the 22nd movie in the mcu let's just let everybody have this without spoilers um they made choices and they made decisions that i didn't see coming at all and and you would think like after seeing 21 of these movies you're like mm-hmm. I, I i'm sure i know where this is going yes and then they kind of throw a curveball and you're like oh i didn't see this coming i'm with you i'm in for the ride let's see where it goes and you're satisfied at the end the payoff for me it's like 110 percent. it's so good i also want to thank the marketing team uh just in general because of the way uh, okay i can say this uh this is the most i've looked forward to a spoiler review in my career I've mm-hmm. never been more excited to talk about a movie that I know I can only vague book now because of what it accomplishes. And all of the things I want to talk about are at least somewhat a spoiler. So I've never been more excited for a spoiler review. Uh, and my other thought is next week when we do our spoiler review, I will try to be as composed as I can. But I just left that movie. And here I have to say, John Schnepp would <laughs> love this movie. John Schnepp, I, I cannot wait to talk with him about it. Um, and it is really really that world and john would be the happiest um so today is really hard so uh you stopped that christian said that last night at the, at the it just but you feel it, it when you leave it like, like when you leave the theater that's, yeah well he no he was sniffling already but no i'm just like confessed on air that christian sniffled uh but no he got like it wasn't like full on tears but he was you know misty no, it's eyed. okay to have feelings and, i cried and, uh, <laughs> and i was like you know i kind of leaned over and he's kind of like i'm just thinking about how much like schnapp would have and i was like yeah i think a lot of us yeah. are gonna have that yeah. experience
so, several times through this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like this yeah. movie, I, I'm, like, there were so many moments where I saw the nod and I heard the chuckles, and it was really nice to share The that. iconic nod with the hair. Yeah, you know, like the... I felt that. Uh, the approving nod. Yeah, like the, the, the lean back. The, like, they did it. Yeah. I do that, too. The, it was, <laughs> this movie had the right on about it. Like, yes. right on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, we talked about it earlier. It was mm-hmm. on our minds. Uh, I want to hear about the premiere. Oh, because I could just weep on the show, but we yeah. <laughs> I cried already last night. I had like, so, okay, the funny thing about the premiere, look, I always feel so super lucky and super blessed to be ever invited to any of these things because it's always like, what is my life and, and why am I going and why am I here? And it's always a very surreal Cinderella moment, you know, up until like even like weeks later, I was like, wait, I did what? <laughs> um, so, so thank you to Disney for, for um, inviting me to these amazing premieres. And it's the vibe is always very electrifying it's very buzzing and it's similar to a press screening because everybody's excited to see this right but um you have the carpets you have you have the stars and the filmmakers the crew everybody you want to see and talk to and, and what's cool is that they all come together and they transform the la convention center into this it didn't look like the convention center they cover things up and i'm like wait where am i <laughs> because if you've been to the convention center you kind of know the layout we've been to cons sure. there and it's like i was completely lost i was like so where do we go for this <laughs> and they set up like a whole stadium seat Type That's of type incredible. of thing, and the sound was great. The picture was great. The seats were comfortable. I was worried. I was like, "Look, I'm little. I'm only five one. So like, you know, me with the with the rope close to me, it's not a big deal." But the average height, he it's like the people I know are like six plus. So it's like, <laughs> oh, can you squish into one of these seats? No. Um, it was it was really really great and i i'm just glad i was able to share it with uh the collider crew like perry and dennis mark fernandez and christian harloff fabulous yeah oh thank you it was it was tons of fun and it was uh i think right right after the movie kind of everybody you know as, as we kind of walked into the the after party it was a collective of like nodding like there was not a lot of like no because the music was blaring so it was a lot of like looks like what you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that. All right, cool. And then, like, you get, you get the food, you get the party on. It, w- it was great. It was fabulous seeing everybody I uh, ran into. David Desmalchian. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm very excited to have him. Yeah, I had a very nice conversation He's with fantastic. him. And we will you see him You all know him, him as an actor from Ant-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Super nice guy. He is one of the nerdiest people on the planet. He is incredible <laughs> to talk to about all things comics, and he's actually more knowledgeable than he seems, and he seems possibly... Like, the dude knows more about MODOK than I thought could be known. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, he's a mental organism designed only for MODOK knowledge. Uh, Oh, a modem. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it doesn't quite work, but we nearly got there. And did you know the uh, the uh, original Avengers today are getting their uh, what is that called? Oh, the hands on the, st- in the yeah, in front of the oh, Chinese. Then, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I saw, I saw on somebody's Instagram. I was like, oh, the original six. That's so yeah. cool and freaking deserved. Yes. Uh, also, this movie should be seen. We touched on it on the press and stuff, but we should say when you walk into the theater, be careful. Like when we were leaving the press screening today, the next line of press was waiting outside, and I was like, "Oh no, that's the best spot to be, worst spot to be, worst spot to be." Because at first I was excited, I was like, "They're so soon," and then I was like, "No, but we're leaving, everyone, everyone." So like when you're walking in and out of the theater, earbuds. Like just prepare yourself. You don't want to know a single thing. It was a very high stakes yeah. situation. Yeah, I worry about that because I'm seeing it again on on Thursday with my husband, but he mm-hmm. hadn't seen it. He was asked asking me questions left and right last night and I was like why do you want to know <laughs> you know why do you want to know I'm trying very hard if somebody asked me today they're like how does it end I was like oh with credits <laughs> She's not which wrong. you should stay for and you know for to appreciate everybody that was involved in the movie can confirm credits <laughs> yes uh, so I think they go this oh, way um, I, I think it's you know it's not spoilers to say well I guess that depends that's Hold on. the thing. Uh, yeah. If, look, if you have, I think, personally, if you have to second guess, just don't do it. Okay, never mind. I thought I was safe, but then I realized you could apply what I was going to say to things I wasn't going to say, and I'm just going to avoid the whole scenario. <laughs> so I'm going to take that moment to plug. We're going to do a spoiler review, uh, both separately and next week on Heroes. So keep an eye out this weekend for a spoiler review where we don't have to go, hmm, ha, ha. And then uh, next week we're going to go full spoilers because this is so hard. Is that, is that fair? And it, But it is, uh, and I, I, I banked a tweet because I didn't want to get 
get this out there and then have someone be like, ha-ha, let me ruin this moment. Huh. But I love that in these couple of days, piece by piece in this town and then all over the world, or at least whatever the worldwide release schedule is, in big chunks, we all get to move from I don't know what this is going to be to I know how this journey takes this next step. Yeah. And I just... I am exactly where I was last night in terms of just appreciating how cool that is. How cool it is after doing this show on and off for years. Yeah. After all of the separate lives that we've led as nerds waiting <laughs> for a moment like this to be like, right, here we are. And here we get to stand and look over that edge and all like... I, okay, so I was not... Uh, a, a, exactly a theater going person who could show up and see Return of the Jedi live uh, so I don't really know what it was like but I bet it was a little bit like this <laughs> yeah. you know like what's about to happen we all find out and then it's part of the sort of permanent cultural consciousness and how cool is that moment that inflection point so yeah don't mess it up for anybody else uh, but uh, what? A, so yeah. what you're saying is we all get to assemble we do. It's see what he did there because it's the Avengers, and we're all. I don't know if I like it better or your Joaquin Phoenix walk. walk the I'm line. trying to throw a pun in every episode. We'll see how it does. But in the meantime, Amy sat down with something very incredible. I'm going to talk about. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, this is one of my very favorite comic book creators, who is now one of our cultural uh, treasures uh, in the form of running the Netflix show Shira and the Princesses of Power. We got a chance to talk. To Noelle Stevenson. All right, I am here, and as you can tell, I am very excited to talk to the showrunner of Shira Princesses of Power. Hi, welcome, Noelle Stevenson. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on Collider Heroes. Uh, longtime fan, obviously. <laughs> uh, we've known each other for a while. <laughs> but your show is really good. Thank you. And we are getting a season two this weekend. Yes, we are. Uh, so just right out the gate, what uh, are you most excited, having worked on this for however long animation takes? A hundred years? Uh, One thousand years, actually. <laughs> yeah. What are you most excited for us to get to see this weekend? Um, I'm just super excited because, you know, season one was so much of, like, establishing these characters, setting them up, getting them into the roles that they're going to play. So Adora is becoming She-Ra, Catra's becoming a villain, the, um, the Princess Alliance is coming together, and this season we get to really, like, now that the board is set, we get to play. Mm. So we get to, like, make, like unexpected new friendships between characters that you might not have thought of. We get to explore characters' backstories. We get to, like, delve in a little bit deeper and just really, like, get to the core of, like, the interiority of who these characters are, like, even more than our main characters, like, all the characters. And so it's just, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do on the show is just to, like, delve into the the stories of all these characters so uh, there's so much of that in season two and i can't wait for people to see it and it's something that you all did really well on season one which was take characters that it's like i know this story and then be like i do not know this story and yet it feels as if like this it's it's the same story of switching sides and discovering who you are but you've created these incredibly sophisticated versions of them that are somehow also still entertaining all ages family fair uh i'm curious because we, we talk about comics a lot on here. You are one of my favorite comics creators. Uh, you, you did one of my first, like, Lumberjanes interviews, <laughs> I think, like, forever ago. Like, it was so exciting. It was uh, a real good time. Um, <laughs> and you, so you're, you're coming at this now with all that, you've played with other people's toys before. You've made your own stuff. Yeah. You've won awards for your own stuff. Uh, <laughs> What was it like sort of day one to be like, I want to take this existing thing and then recreate it ground up? How, do you, how did you approach that? You know, I, I treated it a lot. And I, when I was a kid, I think the, what honed my storytelling sense was Star Wars action figures. <laughs> so I, like, carried them around with me in this, like, beige uh like handbag that I got from my grandmother um, and I would just take them with me to church to wherever I was going and I'd dump them out on a table and I would like reenact these like epic stories with them and kids would come over to make fun of me for doing this and then they'd end up just kind of hanging out to see which way the story went so, like, <laughs> and like if they tried to like mess with me it just like rolled off my back I didn't even notice it was so deep in this world and so I feel like that's like what where so many of my like storytelling instincts came from it was like this sort of like performance thing that I do as a kid and so getting a property like this which is like this 
it's like the biggest coolest bag of action figures in the world where you're just like oh my god these characters are so cool and so fun i get to just dump them out and like like figure out how i want to play with them you know so it's like i think that's what has always been so fun about masters of the universe is that it feels like you get to imply this huge like epic world but it's always about the characters at the end of the day and so you know like I just felt like I got all these characters who already had these little micro, these little quirks, these little interesting things about them. And I was like, all right, let me just try to figure out, like, how did that happen? You know, like, for example, in Trapta, uh, she's on the side of the villains in the original cartoon, but she has, like, pink and purple hair and, like, a gold <laughs> dress. And I'm like, this, she's a princess, clearly. Like, wh- how did she end up working for the Horde? And oh, so, that's fascinating. It was so much of, like, well, all right, in our world, how would this character, in a way that makes sense for us, uh, find herself working for the bad guys? And not that she yeah, sees it I think it she's that really way, chaotic you know? neutral. She's it's- the definition of chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> so uh in finding this did you like did you encounter any pushback on being like i want to go deep with this mythology with this world building for for that stuff or was it like yes yes more of that um yeah i mean it was uh i i think when i pitched the show i came in and i pitched like the whole show like start to finish and my executives were like good lord <laughs> what is happening <laughs> but like it's because it was like i just now start to finish I, of season one or like the grand plan show. oh yeah yes. yeah okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like and it's evolved since then like just the act of working with the crew working with the actors working with the writers everyone has added to it but like you know there's been a roadmap um which is which is really nice to have um and i and i think that like so much like it was all focused on the characters and their arcs and also on the mythology and the world building so like i honestly think that like the like that's what really matters about it so like it's like mo- like number one priority fleshing out the characters number two making sure the world that they live in is really cool and that you kind of want to go there um so yeah i mean like it's just about kind of trying to make sure that you're delivering on that promise and i think i got a lot of support from my uh my executives and my higher ups on that were there any particular particularly cool surprises that came with the t- came from the team that you worked with on season one where you were like that's even better than i expected oh or- my god yeah all the time like it was something that you know it was really important to me because it's like coming from comics like i'll just spend a week in my room drawing a comic and i'll <laughs> not talk to anybody else and like i order a pizza and i don't know what to say to the pizza delivery guy because i haven't <laughs> talked to someone for so long Please working on a show pizza. i pay H- you hello now. thank you money goes by (laughs) um yeah like working on a show is the opposite of that like i talk to people all day long every day which is super weird for me (laughs) but also like it's super cool because you have all these people and and people would come to me and be like it was really important to me that like people felt like they could do this like that was kind of the safe place for people to voice their own thoughts and like concerns and opinions and like that we made this story together and people come to me and be like hey like this character i really like i really see myself in her like and i i want to do like what if we did an arc like this or like maybe this part of her personality could come out i'm like that's amazing this is a great idea let's do this and it's not just some weird stuff there's been some like (laughs) you know like weird inside jokes that someone's like this would be great i'm like that's weird let's do it and then like a few months later i'm like what even just happened but i love it like it's great and weird and like you know it was it's this sort of collaborative process everybody everybody who touches the project at any point brings their own personal point of view to it and that's like the coolest thing about making something that's this collaborative it's awesome uh, can you talk a little bit about what the audience response has been like? I, for example, I was at WonderCon, and I think I saw something like 30 cosplayers who were all Catra posing together. Yeah, it was awesome. WonderCon was great. It was just like I saw so many She-Ra's just like walking around. I'm just like, ah, there they go. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, right out the gate, we got, like, a like a lot of attention. Not all of it good. <laughs> um, oh, the internet. But it's like, good it really all the time. Has, you know, like, and, and the crew was really committed to, like, you know, like, we believe in this show so much that we're, like, as soon as, like, people watch this show, like, we're going to win them over. Like, that's how much we believe in it. And, like, 
honestly just like the positivity that's been consistent through the whole thing and the negativity has just got lesser and lesser and lesser and it's just like seeing people be so passionate about it and channeling that into creating their own cosplay their own characters like all of like their own like fan art like it's so it's so great like that's just our ideal outcome and so it's been it's been awesome and it's just like those voices that were the loudest at the beginning they're just like it's just kind of chilled out which is nice Mm. i love it uh what are you so assuming that the grand plan gets to happen and we get more uh is it is we there's a lot more shira coming there is quite a bit of shira coming you're not even ready it's gonna be great <laughs> lightning round any three characters from Shira, what class would they be in dungeons and dragons oh my god this is like my favorite and also like you know it's a very stressful question but i have thought about it <laughs> so like yeah you know, like so adora is definitely a fighter but Shira's a paladin okay but adora's one of those players who like got like a really fancy set of dice and she refuses to play with anything but those dice but they roll really badly <laughs> So with Shira, she's just always rolling badly. So she's like, ah, no. They're like, use the plastic dice. They're, they always roll better. And she's like, no, I can't. The accuracy. <laughs> um, Seahawk is actually, uh, yeah, Seahawk, yeah, he's a bard. Yeah. <laughs> Glimmer's actually based on my first ever D&D character who was a warlock. Although I think that she's a, sor- she's a sorcerer with some warlock traits. Okay, okay. Like she's got that little bit of darkness to her. Uh, but specifically her ability to misty step. So I was like... Like, I only had two spell slots, so my character kept trying to teleport into situations and then getting stuck or falling from the sky or, you know, just, like, not thinking it through. So, like, that was, like, uh, when I was, like, developing Glimmer's character, I'm like, she's going to run out of teleports, like, all the time. Like, she never counts how many she has left. And we make a joke out of this in season two where she's just like, I'm teleporting here, I'm teleporting there. And Bo's like, you've run out of teleports so long ago. And then she just, like, falls out of the sky. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I well, might have thought about this a lot. <laughs> I'm very excited to see that, to see the rest of what's coming in season two of Shira on Netflix this weekend. Thank you so much for coming and talking to yes. us. Yes, thank you for having me. It's going to be so tight. I can't wait for everyone to see season two, April 26th on Netflix. Make time for it. Thank you for the story. Thank you for the themes that you've put into the story and the work that you put into these characters and the wonderful world and mostly my TR. <laughs> she She did it. Honestly, the show is so good, and she is delightful, and you should all read all of her comics, as well as watching season two of She-Ra this weekend on Netflix. Yay. Yeah. yeah, into it. Love it. Yeah. It's really an interview, Amy. I like, really, I love that last question. <laughs> well, because she's a big nerd, and I know that. Uh, and it's real fun. I made her uh, say which uh, D&D classes the characters would be. Oh, amazing. Um, yes, those kind of questions are the one we're here for. That's why we do these shows. <laughs> I didn't get to share it with Koi yet, so he gets to be surprised later. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, but in the meantime, we had a lot of surprises this week. This was a week where I just kept going, oh, right, that also happened. Oh, right, that also happened. We have a lot to get into with the minor mutations. This week, we got ourselves the final Dark Phoenix trailer. Uh, that movie is coming out this summer. Uh, that is a fabulous looking still of a very terrifying Jean Grey. We will get into it. We also got a first look this week at the new Selena Kyle as Gotham's Catwoman officially passes the torch. Uh, and the actress who plays the Catwoman we've seen for most of the show had a really sweet message uh, about carrying that legacy forward. We've heard this week that the Russo brothers are going to be taking a look at Stan Lee's life in nonfiction, sort of a documentary. Uh, I believe we are all already attempting to subscribe to whatever that is. Uh, we got some great quotes from Kevin Feige on the interview circuit this week. They asked him if Shang-Chi was a risk, and he said, we only want to do movies that people seem to think are risks. And they talked about Marvel's inclusive future, possibly body positivity, different shapes being represented. Uh, he says sooner than we think. We'll get into all that. Feige says phase three ends not with Endgame, but Far From Home. This is knowledge we had already, but it was reiterated this week, and we'll talk about what we maybe think it means. We got a new HBO sizzle reel with some glimpses at Watchmen. I am very excited about that. We got a trailer for Amazon's The Boys, which looks like The Boys. Boy, did they <laughs> definitely... Uh, this is... Yep. Boy, did they. That, is, that sure is what that comic is. Uh, <laughs> and people are going to love it. Uh, the first Swamp Thing teaser dropped this week on the same day that we heard that we will be getting fewer episodes than expected of that DC Universe original series. We also got a little guy named John Cena 
possibly signing up to the Suicide Squad, maybe playing Peacemaker. It's all in maybes so far, but uh, are we in? How in are we? How would we quantify that in this on a scale from 10 to 100? Next, The Gifted, unfortunately, has been canceled after two seasons at Fox. And along with that, we heard that the Mouse Guard movie that I have been excitedly cramming into the minor mutations every time they make an announcement for it, is not currently happening. They were apparently two weeks from production, and that movie has, is now uh, indefinitely on hold. Is there a future for Mouse Guard? Where will it land? Let's get into it. What jumps out? Uh, well, I gotta say, you know, people think I'm always positive. I'm gonna start negative. Okay. Oh. I think this Dark Phoenix trailer was the first time I was concerned. Uh, I liked the last trailer more. I liked the first trailer more, and the first trailer I was on the fence about, then the second trailer I was like, yeah, and now the third one I'm back to concerned. Why, um, why is that? It is a matter of the performances, which is not usually something I say, because mm. I love acting and I love movie making, and I, I generally am like, whatever you got. I feel like it, it feels stale. It feels like this trailer's been left out in the sun too long. I feel like the oh. actors feel like they're going through the motions, and these are all incredibly talented actors. Everyone in this cast is of an echelon that is like, anything they're in, I'll see it. Like, if you take any of these pieces, I'm seeing that other puzzle. So it's not on the actors. It's something about the way this trailer felt was I... It made me want to see the movie less than I wanted to see it after the last trailer, and that's really concerning. Huh. Um, so I just I'm a little worried because this is the end of a of a saga that really helped kick off the the, the film universe of, of comic book movies. Like Blade to me is the thing that really started comic movies. X Men was the thing that made it mainstream because Blade was a movie that was a vampire movie that we were like, hey, hey that's a comic, and we were all like <laughs> sneaky about it. But and when like, there's came a big out, unspoken except for Batman and Superman franchises when we talk about this, but there is a modern era of superheroes that sure, I think sure, you're sure, absolutely yeah. right dates to Blade and X-Men. And then right after that, X-Men was like, what up? We got suits. So to me, <laughs> X-Men was the first like, yeah. So I want it to end well, and I'm worried about this trailer, personally. Interesting. That's not my takeaway from it. And I kind of love that we have the opposite, because I was, when they announced it, I mean, okay, look, not, not, that, not that they announced it, but I, we, we knew it was coming. We knew what was leading up. And I was like, tread carefully because I didn't love what they did with Dark Phoenix movies in the past. Yeah. And I was like, how are they going to handle this character? Because we've seen so little of her honestly mm-hmm. and of this gene of, of this, this version of, this of gene, gene yeah, yeah of, of of i almost called her sansa's dark <laughs> sophie <laughs> turner's uh, version of, of gene gray and is has have we earned this yet it's like i feel like it's it's kind of fast mm-hmm. right it's like it's like oh we're in this these movies and then now we're gonna get dark phoenix and mm-hmm. i was like well it's so quick like you know I, I expected a little bit more building but then i saw the first trailer and i was like all right, I feel like I'm like into this. It's, it looks very intense, looks very dark. Second trailer, I was like, okay, give me more. And then when I saw the final one, I was like, yeah, like I think I'm gonna go see this opening weekend. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really, I really, really like everything that she's done. Like I, I don't feel like they're pulling punches with this one. You know, I, I, I like how dark she gets in the struggle that you see with the emotion, and and we know that Sophie Turner can turn it up when, as far as like acting goes. So I'm I'm excited, and I was just like, and I know not everybody. I don't think everybody is like on the same page for for this movie. Sure. I think there's a lot of concerns, um, but I'm for it. Like I think it looks great. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to end it. Excellent. Okay. Well, I will split the difference. Okay. I was um, wondering. I remain. Not, you know, I mean, for necessary reasons that we, none of us know exactly what movie we're going to get. Correct. Uh, I'm seeing things that interest me and things that I'm not sure about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have larger questions that we all sort of came in with about, like, whether you can execute this story on the foundation they have. Um, and I will say that, like, I certainly, I still have those those diehard X-Men fan resonances. Mm-hmm. You put them in what a Blackbird-looking ship up in space to like do some things, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, we're doing it. I can't, I can't turn off <laughs> can that. feel that. Yeah. Uh, now, a movie has to do more than that. It has to tell a story that's engaging, and there's a chance that because the question is, like, for those of us who've already seen several versions of this story, uh, animated series, the other movie, the original comic book storyline, mm-hmm. which, of course, we always encourage you to go back and read. And the five um, reiterations of the original comic book storyline. <laughs> We've seen this story. Now, but, but in truth, it has now been 
many years since the last time someone did this particular story, mm. and there is a new set of people out there who can encounter this, and I hope that it's fantastic. I hope that it tells a self-contained story. That This particular trailer, because it leaned heavily on elements that we have seen explored in the past in terms of like, we've gotten a lot of this version of Magneto, mm-hmm. and it may be starting to feel like, I don't know what to do with him that's new, and I don't know that this movie has an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, was I sitting there, did, this trailer reminded me that I'm going to see this movie uh, as soon as possible. That, so there's that. That's actually a perfect example of the, the problem I had with it was, it was the characters I've seen the most doing things that I've seen them do, and since If you me, hit me with a surprise It's All Storm trailer, I'd be like, oh, okay. That was, that's exactly where, that's that's kind of where I was happening. going, actually, is that I, I want a movie with the characters I've gotten too little of. I want an Alex ship as Storm origin mm-hmm. movie. I want Alex being Storm and actually being in the trailer. I, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones. So I'm not as invested in like Sophie ever? Turner. Nah, I don't oh, like okay. investing in characters that are going to die. Like I just, I, <laughs> it's just not for me. I just uh, I, the world's Have dark enough. Have you reconsidered going to a movie called Dark Phoenix? I, but people die in real life. That's real. Like I don't need that in movies. Like, and this is going to have plenty of. But like for me, she's not. Sophie Turner never captured me as Jean because to me, Jean is a different thing. But maybe this is the chance for that to this, happen. And if it does, then I'm all in. And I'm, I'm going to see it Thursday. I'm going to see it as soon as I can. But for me, when I watched the trailer, I was like, Hey, what are those guys in the background doing? And that's not good. Oh, like, Wow. And like Ty Sheridan and and her need to have this amazing. It's Romeo and Juliet in space. That's what I'm saying about not it not being. You got to earn it, right? And, and I wanted to see what earned. they were doing. I wanted to see what Night Clark and Storm were up to. I wanted to see what like you know they might be up to. Yeah. And I, I think we skipped point like if there's like A, B, and C like traveling, we just went straight to like C and we skipped B completely right. all together. Yeah. And after the WonderCon quotes with with Alex Ship, like the Storm thing has always been the the priority. And so with the trailer, yeah. so it's we'll see. I'm still there. I just didn't like this trailer that much. Okay. That's, That's the fair. dark Phoenix trailer. What <laughs> else jumps out of from y'all from these uh, minor mutations? Brian Cranston and Stan Lee in a Russo Brothers film. I mean, it's a documentary starring Brian Cranston in a reenactment. Okay, uh, I mean, I'll sure. watch it. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch it. Have <laughs> you seen that Alec Baldwin thing with DeLorean? No, they're doing a, a documentary about DeLorean, but they do reenactments to Alec Baldwin as DeLorean. So it's a equal parts documentary and live act. Like it's that, and I'd love to see that with Brian Cranston. No, it's like it's a tone. Like, like it's very sincere. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'd love to see, like, you know, some Stan, Brian Cranston okay. recreation. By duck pick. Mm. No. There's it's a mm-mm. non-fiction fictional biography. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's a great uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thrilled that they're working on that. I would, my guess would be that this is some of that content we're hearing about going to Disney Plus, and when it's ready, it's ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, call us so we can talk about Marvel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean... I'm just very excited for that history to get out there because obviously, as you know, who watch this show, who are sweaties, uh, we are like so excited to have folks discover the stories behind the stories and the mm-hmm. wonderful uh, people who made them what they are. Uh, so if the Russo brothers are going to help with that, heck yeah. yeah. Like John brought up last week on the show, that documentary about the 616, I think this would be a beautiful like sister piece to it, like a companion piece, because yeah. there is so much mythology in the 70, 80 years of Marvel that needs to be discovered, and that needs its own show, but Stan Lee could be his own thing. If they do that with the Russos, then what a great gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Russos really got a, a very it's great style for telling stories mm-hmm. um, and so like if this is in their hands I will watch it I will subscribe I'm already gonna subscribe we know that it's like free <laughs> okay new glimpses we got uh, we got HBO Sizzle World with some Watchmen in it we got the boys we got Swamp Thing what, which, which of those are you ranking first? The in- boys trailer, you guys. Okay, so uh, did not know what I was getting myself into. Got the show notes, clicked on it, and then watched it about 20 times. Good. What okay. In the world. This is, this is how I felt about Preacher, I was going to say sorry, and I just switched to good. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering no, no, how no. this, this yeah, between these two. No, no, you guys no, will be this, older. Than- like, like, I, like, like, okay, so I didn't know, and I, once I looked in, I was like, okay, it's by the same people that did you know, Preacher and Happy, and I was like... Oh, this is a very different kind of superhero. It's gritty. It's uh, gory, mm-hmm. and I am I am for it. It's violent, and I am for it. That is basically the basis of the comic's success, which yeah. was considerable. It like it is a much loved comic property, and they are clearly doing it all the way. Uh, so, and Carl Urban is just fabulous. Oh my god, and everything. Yeah. So like personal taste issues. This may not end up being Amy's favorite show, but boy, does it look like they are making the boys. I'm, yes. I'm having a really interesting time with it where uh, when I watched the new Halloween movie it was the first time that I was like those kids 
kids are too young to be out by themselves. <laughs> and then when I watched Runaways, I was like, I think the parents are justified. Yeah, okay. And then like when I watched <laughs> This like, Is Us, sixty. But this is the thing. When I, and, and I'm watching Get this, I'm watching This Is Us, and I'm like, Randall really understands the way the world works. Like I, I like Randall's the guy I identify with. So it's really interesting. I'm getting older like exponentially somehow. So I'm worried. Well, that you've like aged overnight. I, what the happened? internet's dark and full of angry, and it's just crippling my soul. Uh, but it's, it's it just breaks you the internet. But uh, what's interesting to me is that The Boys was something I loved when I read it when I was 15, 16. Oh, you because okay. I was the exact right age for it. I've read all Dude, of the Boys. When you encounter one of those at the right time, it's and you're like, oh, my mind. It was everything. But now that I'm 30, I don't know if I'll enjoy it because when I was watching the trailer, I was like, that seems violent. <laughs> and it was really weird to be like, I love this property. Oh, am I old? So I'm really curious. I'm going to be watching it through like probably bifocals and I see how I had a little bit of that with Preacher. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm scared. Yeah, Preacher, you know, I liked it too. Like when I first saw the first episode, I was like, yes, I'm into it. And then as I went on, I was like, hold on. But the comic is, still like, my thing is like the comic, Preacher the comic is one of my favorite reading experiences of all time. Yeah. And I have not revisited it in several years because I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to But it's it. different in comics yeah. than when you put it on TV. It yes. does have it's a different It's real effect, different yeah. when it's like you're turning the pages and you're like, yeah, okay. And you're, and you're looking at the, you know, and then you, when you see it actually play out and you see like the, the, blood and the, the entrails. But that's clearly yeah. faithful to the spirit of yeah. the voice. And that's the trickiness is I think I need my lowbrow high. Like mm-hmm. I like Deadpool 1 a little bit more than Deadpool 2 because the heart of Deadpool, the relationship with them sang so true that all the dick jokes were extra funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like there's a certain like <laughs> a pegging scene really works if it's about love. And I want that to be like because wow. pegging could be romantic you guys. But I think that that's what makes it work because it wasn't just a random pegging. It was sincere pegging. So I think more that's the difference between the, like, the boys trailer was very like it had to be selling it to a certain demographic. If the show is as highbrow as, say, Deadpool, then I'm all in. I just don't know how I feel about those things now, for here's exploitative the sake. the thing. Carl Urban, using Carl Urban is cheating. Because he's perfect. Because he just yeah. is like, hello, I showed up and the heart is here on my face. Gravitas? And I'm just yes. like, yes. I, so... Uh, he can literally do nothing on this, on, on, on this on camera, and I'd be like, yes. I believe Nailed you. it. <laughs> and it, like, we've seen him do astonishing transformations, but he can also just stand there looking at you like Carl Urban, and you're like, yes, the pathos, it's there, magically. <laughs> I added it with my brain. Um, but, uh, so yeah, the, I'm, I'm interested to see where this one goes, and very happy for the people who are getting a super apparently faithful adaptation. What calls to you most? Uh, well, okay. Yeah, well, I, know, I think I know which one you're going to pick. Uh, Maybe. I can't choose between them because, well, okay, hello, uh, Alan Moore, TV won't stay away from you. Uh, I am dying to watch Swamp Thing and Watchmen. Uh, you're not involved in either of those things, but thank you for making them wonderful <laughs> uh, so that people can come along and adapt them. I am not happy that we're getting less of Swamp Thing than we thought. Can we, can we talk about the concerns? Because okay. that to me is... This the was a sh- whole internet cycle last, last the week. The show was filming. And they were actively on set, and they were like, by the way, you're done. And that is a very intense thing for any production to go through. We don't know the details. It's all semantics, and it's all detail from word of mouth. Like, the game of telephone should not be... The internet's very tricky, because by the time we hear it, it's gone through 18 years. Yeah, the parts we can confirm are that it was going to have a 13-season episode order, and instead it will have 10. And it seems to have come, uh, for at least some folks, according to the the North Carolina paper in the area, unexpected. So what's Um, tricky about that is we don't know how the storyline will wrap up. We don't know of what reason it happened, and we don't know how it's going to feel when it comes at us. I hope my ever optimistic self is that it's 10 instead of 13, and episode 10 ends on a cliffhanger they can tie it into season two. That'd be great. My hope is that mm-hmm. they intentionally were like, hey, we want to make sure you have all the money you need to make Swamp Thing look awesome, so we're going to cut it to 10 so all 10 episodes are juicy, and then cliffhanger tied into the next one. And because it's that's- just a numbers coincidence, but a lot of Netflix stuff has been like, just kidding, 10 instead of 13, and it makes me feel like there's huh. something in the water, right? Because didn't we hear that was that part of why Luke Cage shut down? Yeah. wasn't it? They were going to try to make it. Rumors yeah. was that they were like, we want to just cut the, the order And they didn't feel like that was appropriate. So um, it's really interesting because it's mid-show this time. Yeah. And we hadn't seen anything. And then we saw something that looks amazing. And I've heard that the practical on Swamp Thing is it's like mostly practical. And people on set say it's incredible. People said the suit's great. I the way they're the tying teaser. it all in. Yeah. Wow. So I've heard only, I, from what I've heard, Swamp Thing is the, the flagship for comic fans. All the comic people I know involved in the DC thing, it, it, they're all, that's their that's their thing. Yeah. And Doom Patrol's already come out and that was insane. So yes. if they're if they're looking at Swamp Thing, that means that's whoa. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm excited. I'm just hoping for for even though this makes me really sad. Like, any time any sort of production is cut short and or like less episodes for me as a fan, I'm like, well, wait, but 
because the end product is so important to us. Like, where is it going to lead to? Because mm-hmm. if you give once, get one season, it's good. We're going to get a continuous, you know, season two, season three. And that's what we all want, really, is for all these comic book uh, TV shows to play out and, and have longevity. But it's just so sudden that it makes me worried. And, and I kind of in line with what you said, like, where is it going to go? Are we going to get the ending that? is going to do it justice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and what about, like, the afters? And you're just That's on so set, and you're like, hey, sorry. Hey, you're mom, done. I'm coming home. <laughs> you're, you're wrapped <laughs> indefinitely? Who knows? That's, that's, that's the scary thing about new media is it's, it's a new frontier. You know, it's yeah. such a different animal acting-wise on both sides of it, us commentating on it and those working on it. I just know that it, for me, is the most anticipated thing coming out of the DC Universe. I, I personally cannot wait. Um, we got to get to those Twitter questions. Anything else we want to cover in Miners? Uh, anything else in Miners that jumps out at you? I'm, uh, the Watchmen, we only got tiny pieces of it, but I'm, I'm going to comment literally every time they give us the Watchmen <laughs> stuff. Uh, John friggin' Cena in Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> in theory, he's replacing Dan Batista, who had scheduling commitments. This is all sort of reported in, and not confirmed. Hmm. Um, we're in? Are we in? I love that Dave Batista and John Cena are both going the rock route and just <laughs> killing it in theaters. Yeah. I was, I, when I watched, I watched something last week, and there were two Dave Batista trailers in front of it. There was Stupor and, and another one, and I was like, this guy's every... And I was so happy because I think he's incredible. And then John yeah. Cena, he's one of those actors, like Sex Drive. No, not, what was the sex movie he did that, like, it was a... <laughs> It was a very positive sex movie. John Cena did Was it really, recent? Yeah, it was last year. Blockers? Was, yeah, cock blockers. Uh, blockers. Blockers. So blockers, Cannon. blockers was such a great thing where John Cena came in and every scene he was in was hilarious and he's so self-aware and he's able to play with his own canon. Like, he, he knows the, the, the yeah. mythology. And he's so funny. So John Cena, yes, all in. I'm, I'm yes, too, especially with uh, James Gunn writing and directing this. I think he's got uh, good comedic timing. I think he's, you know, he's come a long way as an actor. I think this, this is... This is the right fit for him. Yeah, I'm and very, if anybody's going to step in for Dave, I think John, John Cena is, is, is the one. I am very curious how this movie shapes up. Uh, I find John Cena likable. I'm not that familiar with him or his work, but I will be once he joins or his sex, you know, movies. John's off camera right now, like pacing with the censored button dying, in real life. Yeah. He's just like, he's going to talk about Peggy again? He's got to. Uh, <laughs> TVMA. <laughs> Oh and, and just a, a shout out to the disappointed fans of The Gifted, which uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Is, is officially done. I, who knows if there's new life for those stories or for those characters. Where I think that's probably connected to this big question mark of Fox stuff in yeah. general. Yep. Um, and we don't know the reasons that Mouse Guard got scrubbed, but I was so excited. And I hope, oh, they, according to the reporting on this, they still have the option to move the movie to a different studio to shop it around. Uh, and if they've still got Idris Elba attached, I don't feel it should be hard, so please make the movie. Um, although uh, you could make an animated movie, do whatever is going to get the movie made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we get to that comic book pull list, mm-hmm. there were a couple more uh, things from this week that I wanted to just take a moment to acknowledge. Uh, because this week we lost a couple of legends in the world of comics, uh, specifically in the world of manga. Uh, Japanese comics, Kazuo Koike, the creator of Lone Wolf and Cub mm-hmm. uh, and Lady Snowblood, uh, passed away this week at 82. And the creator of the legendary uh, series manga and anime, Lupin the uh, Third, who went by Monkey Punch, uh, <laughs> has passed away also in his early 80s. Um, so just thank you to those gentlemen who have, uh, if you've never encountered either of those properties, you are missing out. This is a good week to go check them out. Uh, special shout out to Lone Wolf and Cub, which has gone on to inspire, like, a lot of Wolverine stuff and a lot of culture all over the world. Uh, and if you've seen Road to Perdition and enjoy it, it's inspired a movie you love because Road to Perdition is an incredible interpretation that people don't realize is a comic movie, much like Blade. Like, it's Lone Wolf and Cub, but with Tom Hanks. So they did incredible work, I agree. Uh, so just a moment for those folks. Because we wouldn't have these stories that we love without them and their hard work. Uh, and speaking of stories that we love, yes. Uh, and then you can pick up. We got a comic book pull list this week. This week, you definitely need to check out Thanos number one. And you also need to check out Heroes in Crisis number eight. It's not a number one, but you should read them all, and it's dang good. We'll get to it. <laughs> Jump in for the beginning of Ascender, the sequel to the wonderful Lemire Dustin Wynn joint Digsender. Also, Doctor Strange number 13. I'll tell you why you got to pick this up. And this one I just had to put on the list because it's one of those comics I feel like people aren't going to know exists. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge number one is out this week. 
So I'm going to start off by discussing, okay, what is that? <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy's Edge number one is the beginning of the comic book series, which is going to tell some story tied in with the new Star Wars theme park stuff. That's cool. So they're doing the new Star Wars areas of Disney, uh, and they are giving it a backstory or some kind of connective tissue in the form of this series, Galaxy's Edge, number one, which drops this week at your friendly local comic book store. And I know from experience that this is the kind of thing that a lot of people will just not find out exists. So this is your official message. It is out there. Go get that story. I'm very curious to see what it is, uh, especially since I don't know how to go to that theme park. Do we have to get in line now? Do we owe them our first? Born children. How does it work? Yeah, both. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I could just sign a deal on that. But in the meantime, (laughs) we can all check out Star Wars Galaxy's Edge number one this week. And we'll go in reverse order. I'll go to Doctor Strange 13. Doctor Strange is a very hard character to write because he does a lot and he's also a bit cantankerous. So he's very tricky because he's got to be likable and he's got to be translatable. Right now, this run of Doctor Strange, I think, is one of the most digestible. It's been in a really long time. And what's really cool is he's kind of like he's got a super suit right now. Like he's in a a uniform. He's doing more linear heroics, and it doesn't feel like it betrays Doctor Strange, which is a really hard line to walk because he's very anti-that. So I think it's a very digestible Doctor Strange, and he also has a talking dog right now, and I don't know how to sell it better than that. Is a, dog, a, a beautiful new beginning that caps off an indie series that's been running for several years called Descender. Uh, the artist by Dustin Wynn. And stop and Google Dustin Wynn. Uh, he is an incredible artist. Uh, he does this painted style that I love very much. You might have seen him on the Stephanie Brown Batgirl several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a bunch of amazing covers that you love. Uh, and he's working with Jeff Lemire, a genius. Uh, and they just fi- they finished a several year sort of science fiction story called Descender, which is theoretically getting a adapted there was like a bidding war for that when it like before it even came out and we haven't heard anything so hollywood get on it uh but uh they wrapped that one up and they're starting a new phase a new part of their story journey this week with ascender number one now i hadn't read descender but we both put ascender number one on our list because i want to jump on it and now that there's a new number one it's very accessible so even i'm gonna click catch up because i love jeff lemire uh also friendly neighborhood spider-man ties into that doctor strange stuff and doctor strange is everywhere pick it up uh <laughs> my number two pick is heroes in crisis number eight heroes in crisis is an incredibly powerful emotional book it is a very different take on the superheroes you love it is a very honest earnest like right into the soul perspective on superheroes and i love the way it is showing the humanity behind these characters because there's such a stigma for mental health in this country specifically. Um, So I love that we look to these heroes as our moral compass, right? We look to these heroes as our standard. So if you dive into mental health with superheroes, it takes a lot of the stigma away because if these heroes are in therapy, if these heroes are going through stuff, then it's less of a thing to talk about it yourself. So if you're having mental health issues, if you're having any sort of mental illness that you can feel needs to be addressed, everyone is, even your favorite heroes. And I love that this book is handling a crisis title by dealing with mental health because I think that the biggest crisis of all is our lack of looking into mental health. So uh, check out this book. Uh, And maybe veering in the uh, just... It's hilarious that it's like a sensitive look at mental health. And now Thanos. <laughs> um, He's got but, some mental health And issues. now Thanos. Uh, a, there is a brand new Thanos number one out this week. Uh, I saw writer Teeny Howard on a panel a couple years ago at Comic-Con. And it's just one of those things where I saw her on this panel and I was like, who are you and what is your deal? You are fascinating. Um, she is uh, very metal, to <laughs> borrow the phrase I'm usually applying to my friend Whitney Moore. Um, but uh, just a, a really interesting mind, a really cool body of work she's building, and a brand new take that's going to do some of like Gamora's childhood and dive into Thanos and tell a new side of that story in comics starting this Wednesday. Any of those jump out at you? Oh, yeah, two of them. Uh, and I'm so glad that you put the Star Wars Galaxy Edge on here because I am, look, I'm checking, I'm, I'm a big theme park fan. I love Disney. We have a season pass, which is like a luxury where I'm always like, do I have enough money to do another <laughs> year of it? I don't know. We have to think about it. But with Star Wars coming, I'm like ready to go into Star Wars land, Galaxy's Edge, whatever you want to call it. To get in, by the way, you have to do, you have to do like a reservation and it opens on May 2nd. So I've set my alarm. Oh my gosh! And a calendar calendar notification for both me and my husband to be like, get on there. We're getting out of bed and we're doing this because we're going. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. I'm so glad we brought this up. Yeah, to, like get. 
shout out to anyone watching. That's when you do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's and this is why, like, because I was going to just pick Thanos number one because I find Thanos to be very interesting and to kind of explore that relationship between him and Gamora even more. Um, I was like all for it, and then I was reading the notes and I was like, wait, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, like the theme park. <laughs> What? And immediately piqued my interest. So I like that there is going to be like a comic books kind of, you know, kind of accompaniment to to the theme park. So, I mean, Disney don't mess around. So I wonder if they're going to, you know, put little Easter eggs from the comics into the land. I really and, hope and so. It's the kind of thing we've been hoping for more of. It's the, the positive potential of having so many things in-house. Mm-hmm. It's um, also interactive. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the, it gives them an opportunity to come up with cool stuff like a comic book tie-in from like real professionals who are great at what they do. Uh that ties into your theme park. Like, yes, more of this. And less continuity issues, because you don't have to worry about movies coming out later, the the way production reshapes, you can make it a comic book, it can come out, you can time it differently. I, I like that. And it's like the opposite of Pirates of the Caribbean. I like that we're getting art that's going to reflect into the theme parks. And there was a there was a brief, uh, for a couple of years, they were running a line of Disney Kingdom's comics that were telling stories related to the theme parks, and it was, it was a cool experiment, and I always wanted to see them do more of that. Yeah. Um, because, again, I found that a lot of people just never found out those existed. So we're doing a bit. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff exists. You can go get it. You should go get it. You should tweet us what your favorites are. And you should keep sending us Twitter questions. Because we got some for you. Let's dive into them Twitter questions. First up, we have from Daniel Land at DSmove77, hashtag Collider Heroes. What if, on top of Kang, time jumping gets his attention as the big bad for phase four, for phase four, five, and six, is what it says, we get the Beyonder as a bigger bad since we are going galactic with Guardians of the Galaxy, Nova Prime, and the Eternals in the MCU. We had Ego already at Corgenerat Enthusiami. Atheroka says, I think that Kang is a very, very powerful, tricky villain because Kang is so many things to so many people. Like, he's hard to write because, like, in comics, Kang doesn't always translate. Movies are even harder because you've Mm -hmm. got to translate to people that don't necessarily know the lore. So Kang, I think, would be an achievement. But I do think that if he's going to exist, it will take three phases. (laughs) Because you have to really, like, make that work, you know? Like, so Kang is tricky, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah. I have picked this question mostly just to spotlight the cool, weird time we live in, where we're like, (laughs) yes, let's have a reasonable discussion about whether the Beyonder should be a major portion of the next three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Such Uh, a theories now, everybody. (laughs) As played by Mark Hamill in that oh suit with jerry curls oh then yes God. mark hamill is the beyonder sign me up oh no i'm so into it you see it you can oh see no. it you can even hear his voice it's so I perfect mean, jerry really, curl wig who knows maybe that is the casting like yeah. we don't it's, know it's, it's really not that far, it's really not that far-fetched though but i agree with what you said i think he is a complex character king and like it's it's just I think it's just so hard to, to you know like in the past I've had problems with a lot of the MCU villains where I, I don't feel like they're they're uh, you know fully rounded and if a char- character is already hard to write on the comics yeah. and it's translated to movies eh, like let's not mess it up let's like really take our time take three phases take however long let's get okay. there good next up we have Ant-Man Lemon at Antoine Lemon uh, says Corey Jandro would you be able to do a segment on Collider Heroes during your comic pull list for people who use Marvel Unlimited since the comics come out six months later it would be nice to see which of those comics we should read i just thought this was really cool thinking uh i don't know if anyone has anything specifically from last fall they want to shout out i mean technically now that we've been doing the show long enough we could just figure out whatever our pull ah, were from six months ago i like because that. that's the timeline for marvel from when books go to their streaming their their all you can eat digital platform marvel unlimited um it'll be about a year for dc i think is what we're hearing in six months for marvel um and soon we'll have a track record of old pull lists so go to october and then <laughs> replay from october and earlier anything past us liked in october we probably still like now so check out october september etc uh but older than that since i don't remember like it's hard to track what months what books came out Older than that, if you haven't read Craven's Last Hunt, that is an amazing book. If you haven't read Court of Owls, that is an amazing book. Uh, I'm trying to think of like some of the classics. Hey, man, if you don't know who the Beyonder is, read Secret Wars. Yes, yes. And Secret Wars 2. It was six months ago. (laughs) 
Okay, you guys talk. I'm Do you have any up. classic story that you think people should dive into if they have a Marvel Unlimited subscription? I mean, I just, I just, I honestly just look back in the episodes and then I kind of check off what sounds interesting in you guys' recommendation. <laughs> and that, that's, I cheat. That's, that's how I do. Look, if you want a good recommendation, you go to the people that really know what they're talking about. And to me, that's Coy and Amy. So Aww. that's what I do. Thanks. You're just yeah. buttering us up because you're nice. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, with a little time left in the show, we have a sweaty question of the week. Yes. It is from James C. Ferguson at Scale Plus Points, who asks, will Pizza Dog be in the new Disney Plus series with the title containing a word that you, Corey, have probably blocked on Twitter right now? <laughs> and will Pizza Dog meet Goose? Meanwhile, how many of the episodes in the animated What If series will involve Deadpool? It's a lot of questions. I know. Answer any part of that that you want. <laughs> uh, it, you can get sweaty question of the week when it's my turn to pick by mentioning Pizza Dog. So now you know the secret. That People is how you get there. just put hashtag Pizza Dog next to Quite Heroes yeah, from Pizza Dog or Riot is my comment <laughs> on that upcoming Disney Plus series. Uh, I think that the What If series will avoid Deadpool. Um, Deadpool is an agent of chaos, and the What If series is an agent of chaos, and I feel like if you put those two together, it'll null each other out. Uh, I think Deadpool's a little too much for that world, because Deadpool's mind is a What If comic. That's kind of the beauty of Deadpool. Uh, and I think that the greatest What If of all is Donald Glover's Deadpool, which is the only animated series Deadpool we ever needed, <laughs> and probably the best translation of Deadpool we could ever possibly get. And the fact that we don't have that is reason enough to not have him in the animated series, and one day, one day. Koi does a sipping tea meme. Uh, I'm so sad about it still. It's been you. a year and I'm still brokenhearted. When I, I want oh. a mini series with Pizza Dog and Goose. And what is the cat that Score Girls remate? Oh, tip, um, uh, Nancy and the. Oh, God. Oh, my God. What's her name? That one. Okay, oh. we just said just animals. With Cat Loki, though. Yeah, this is a Squirrel Girl thing. Y'all, you read Squirrel Girl. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I like took a deep dive there, and I was like, but the animals are cute. And like, look, I like, I like cute things. Pet pizza Avengers. Dog. You, you had me at now. Pizza Dog. Mm-hmm. You had me at Pizza Dog. I also want to add the actual Wolverine from X twenty three. Gabby's Wolverine. Gabby's pet Wolverine. Oh. Can we do like an entire animal team Avengers? Yes, yes. Pizza we can. Dog. Goose. Pet Avengers is canon. Let's make. There it. can be new Pet Avengers. Yeah, let's make Disney our own team Plus. Now. Yep. Make it happen. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, every episode of What If is the Pet Avengers. You heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, because we're willing it into existence on this week's We Have Seen Avengers Endgame and Soon So Will You episode of Collider Heroes. Will there be a spoiler review in this week? There will be a spoiler review, mysterious off-screen voice. <laughs> there will be a spoiler review, a very special interview, and so much more discussion of this show uh, coming in the next week. Uh, and we, until then, thank you, Wendy, for being here as our Thanks guest. Thanks for having us. So much fun. So sweaty. Really. So sweaty. Yeah. So, and next Next week, we'll go full spoilers on episode 303. So, until then, stay sweaty. sweaty. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys? Let's go! I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds! Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba!